Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. We are continuing our study on the holy and powerful word of God. And we are diving right into John chapter 8 verses 31 and 32. And this is a reminder and encouragement that the truth shall make you free. In verse 31 it says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. 32, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So I want to point out here right away, how can someone believe the command word of the Lord without having the fear of the Lord? Why else would these Jews even pay attention if they didn't already believe him, if they didn't already fear the Lord? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the scripture teaches us. For the word of God to have value, we must speak the word. We don't speak our own words, okay? We speak the words in scripture, all right? Where there's the command word, Something that we ought to do, something that Jesus is teaching us, a true servant will have fear in God. Remember, the word comes first. Then faith is applied to put that word into practice. Remember when Jesus healed the sick man at the pool of Bethesda? The sick man heard the word of Jesus and had faith in Jesus. And then what? He was healed. Amen? Amen. In John chapter 5, verse 6, it says, When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition for a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? And the sick man answering him, he said, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Verse 8, Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. So here's the word right there, the command word, right? This is the command word of Jesus. Jesus told the sick man to rise, take up your bed and walk. This is a command. Verse nine, and immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. So what did the man do? He heard the word of God. He had faith in Jesus and actioned that command. You see, the word of God was first. Do you have a command from God? The disciples gave the command word in the name of Jesus. People heard it. They had faith and were healed like this lame man. The disciples were devoted to Jesus after the Holy Ghost came upon them. What was the result of this? They bared fruit. They had souls that they were leading to Christ. People, people like you and me. And those people reproduced too. Those people also made fruit. They made disciples. They had the mind of a fisherman and were changed to fishers of man. Without the Holy Spirit, how can people manage the business of God when they cannot even manage their own lives? What changed in them? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit teaches us to wear the mind of Christ and will help us as we make disciples. The Holy Spirit changes us, changes our thinking. He changes our values. He he changes our character. Amen? Amen. We've been discussing about devotion. The kingdom of God is not of words, but by the demonstration of power. Okay, like Noah. Noah was talking and working. He was sharing what he had heard from the Lord, but also building the ark. 
We ought to be making disciples, and that is more than just talking. It could take months and years to make disciples. Then what? Then those disciples will also make fruit by making more disciples. We have been studying why people do not bear fruit because of the distractions of this world. But when we are devoted, we can pray and we can serve amongst distraction because we stay devoted in this world. If you are blaming distraction for your lack of service, stop. Blame yourself for not being able to focus. As a review, we have been studying the parable of the sower. We've been studying Mark chapter 4, verse 7, which is explained in Mark 4, 18, which we will read. And now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. You see, the word is powerful. How do you cast out demons? In the name of Jesus. Okay, you know, Lucifer means light. Then he was named Satan and Satan kicked himself out of heaven through his pride. It's up to us to put to death the pride by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we read that recently. We were focusing on the third person, the, the third ground in the parable of the sower. But we also recently discussed Second Samuel. King David was supposed to be in the war with the other kings, but he chose to stay in comfort. He stayed back at his palace. King David sent Joab with the others to war instead. Then David saw Bathsheba, right, the wife of Uriah, who was so beautiful. And he laid with her, and she became pregnant with his child. And David tried to cover it up by trying to get Uriah to sleep with his wife. He was trying to cover his sin with more sin, and that never works. It would have been better to repent to God rather than try to cover it up. You know, you can be blackmailed by Satan unless you come to God and repent. Until you come to God and you repent, you ask for forgiveness, you will not be forgiven. And as long as you are not forgiven and you are living in that sin, Satan can hold it over your head. So you must come to repentance. The Bible teaches us that we are to go back to where we fell and repent and then start all over again from there. But David didn't do that. He chose to manipulate Uriah, but Uriah was a soldier of integrity. Wherever you are right now, can you say integrity? You and I ought to be servants of integrity, yes? Yes. You see, Uriah was a real man. He made a decision to remain devoted to the war. Today, people flip-flop their decisions, faltering between two opinions, but not Uriah. He was devoted to the war. It would have been a sin not to focus on the war. Why? Because Uriah shared his colleagues were intense and camping in fields, not home with their wife and comfort. Would you not feel guilty? Today, our brothers and sisters in Christ are scattering seeds all over, yet some plan to stay home and watch TV, putting more effort to attending a football game or hang out with their buddies. Right? People want to hang out with their buddies on the golf course. Come on. Uriah's mind was devoted, so he did not sleep with his wife. He did not even go to see her. Uriah said no to King David. And as a final attempt to manipulate Uriah, David invited him to dinner, and David got Uriah drunk. Even then, even drunk Uriah did not think to sleep with his wife. Uriah was sold out to his identity. And today, you could be drunk with so many things. I'm not even talking about alcohol. Maybe you're drunk with celebrating too much. Maybe you're too focused on celebrating things, right? With your family, with your friends. 
You're too, you're too drunk with wanting to please yourself and have a good time. But if you wear the mind of Christ with the Holy Spirit in you, you will not fail. If you fail, it's not God's fault. And you cannot blame the Holy Spirit in you. Right? You can't say the Holy Spirit in me is not strong enough because it's your fault. Here, King David tried to manipulate Uriah, but his witchcraft, and it is witchcraft, did not work. David failed. Uriah was who he was. Can you say, I am who I am? Say it. I am who I am. Amen. I am who God says I am. We can see the difference between King David and Uriah. David, who was after the heart of God, he was distracted. It wasn't God's fault David lost focus or devotion, so David sinned. Uriah was not distracted, and he stayed focused on the war. Uriah remained righteous before God. Uriah resisted the temptation. How? With the power of God. We can experience the victory amongst temptation. He will help you. Often, you look back and you see how God has helped you in prior difficult situations. I personally can do that. We all have been through our own traumatic situations, and we can look back, and we could see how God has been there for us. When we take our focus off our calling and assignment in God, we will see the world, meaning we will see the things that we must do in life, the things that are going to take up our time, the things that bring us stress and anxieties. But it's not our job to worry about our life. God says he's going to take care of our life. We are to take care of our job and the world, which is to scatter the seed. In order to have eternal life, we need to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Do you remember talking about this on previous episodes recently? Paul shared he no longer lives, but Christ lives in him. We exist to serve God. We do not exist for our natural job. We don't exist for our natural family. We don't exist for our friends. In fact, we don't need our job. Our job needs us. When you're a servant of God, you can believe that. When do servants of God beg for a job? They don't. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. Many people who desire to go to heaven don't know the command words from God resulting in a selfish faith. And this is a faith that says, I have faith God will give me a new car. I have faith God will give me a new job. I have faith God will, God will speak to me. Rather than real saving faith when you action the call of God in your life, you must know the command. Devotion to Jesus is necessary for salvation. I want to take you to Luke chapter 9 verse 57. And this is going to talk about the cost of discipleship. Verse 57, now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus here is with the disciples. And I want to point out here, the volunteers follow Jesus. Okay. Verse 58, and Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus said this to the volunteer, but what does this even mean? Jesus was saying, do you even know what you're talking about? Do you know it's difficult to follow me? Everywhere I go, I'm not wanted. If you follow me, you will be hated and have no place in this world. Like me, you will be a minority. Verse 59, then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. So in verse 57, this was a volunteer. And then now you have someone who was commanded to follow Jesus, right? Because Jesus said to another in verse 59, follow me. That person didn't volunteer, right? Jesus said, follow me. 
But this person gave a valid excuse, right? Let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him in verse 60, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Jesus called him to do that. So Jesus will equip him to do that. So he doesn't have to do anything before service. Okay, 61, and another said, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me go and bid them farewell who are at my house. So another volunteer said, but let me go and say goodbye to my family. But Jesus said to him in verse 62, no one having put his hand on the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus said this, unless we look forward, we will not be fit. We will not fit in the kingdom of God. Do not look back and be distracted from what you will see. Servants of God move forward with focus and devotion. You know, it's like me. When I drive, if my kids are in their car seats behind me, if I look back, I'm going to start to veer off the road. That's a good example of this. We can't look back or we get distracted. Okay? If you're devoted, meaning God is in you, we bring the presence of God to the place we are called to. So if God is in you, then the presence of God is in you. If you are commanded, you don't make the command of God wait. All right? Recently, we learned the third type of person taught in the parable of the sower, the one who is distracted by the world, resulting in the person being unfruitful. Remember? We haven't read our key verses yet, but here they are in Isaiah 55, 11. It says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent. So be reminded, the word of God never does nothing. If you're commanded, the, the command doesn't just expire. It's there. It's there and you need to act. Jeremiah 23, 29. Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Amen. The word of God is holy and powerful. We all must be disciples and follow someone until we grow into the leader to disciple others. You know, remember Paul, he said, follow me as I also follow the Lord. We cannot be humbled by God if we're stubborn. We must submit to a leader and failure to do so is of Satan. It's pride and pride is owned by Satan, okay? Satan kicked himself out of heaven because of his pride. The origin of pride is not us. It's not people. The origin is Lucifer. And today, pride is present in each person and it must die. And for it to die, we must submit. Submit to who? Submit to Jesus. Submit to the word of God. We must follow directions and be obedient. How can we be broken in our pride if we don't listen to or follow anyone? Most have jobs, right? And we have to submit to our boss. And many will do that, but not God. This is all in the word. And the word is the sword of the Holy Spirit. The word and the Holy Spirit, they work hand in hand. One doesn't work without the other. You know, the Pharisees had the word, but not the Holy Spirit, remember? Today, the Holy Spirit should live in us, and he changes our values. He humbles us, right? Remember, it's, it's our character that's changed. The Holy Spirit keeps us focused and devoted. He keeps our eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our fate. The Holy Spirit empowers us to serve one master, for no one can serve two masters. All right, we cannot have two giving orders to us. We must be devoted to just one. This also means it's impossible to please two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. Let's read about that in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. 
You cannot serve God and riches, it says. Verse 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So what is Jesus trying to tell us here? Well, if you have two masters, you will have devotion, but only to one. If you give a piece to another, that means you are no longer devoted to one. Why? Jesus is teaching us devotion and to not have distraction by another. Today, people teach mammon as riches or wealth. And today, people would never admit to that. They'll never admit that they're loving money or serving money. Mammon is riches and wealth, but there is a third meaning per the concordance. The meaning is a desire to gain. This isn't necessarily money. It's a desire to gain anything for yourself. It means incoming gain. Okay? Not everyone is wealthy. So people seek gain of other things. Maybe it's recognition from friends and family. Maybe it's recognition from your boss at work. You want to be recognized in the workplace. You want to gain. For example, someone who is invited to a ministry event may not attend, yet they will go to another non-godly event with their friends. Why? Because they are devoted to self and they have more activity for themselves because they will be recognized by their friends. Their friends will say, you're a good friend, right? Maybe the person is seeking to be with people who they feel are important. So they go when in reality, there's really no benefit for them. There's no benefit that they can carry to their grave. In this teaching, it's important to note not who the other master is because it doesn't matter. But you cannot serve Jesus in another thing or person. It's impossible. How will you be focused if you are looking to two things? It's like trying to serve your biological father in Jesus Christ. You can't. It's like trying to watch two different TV programs too. Look at it this way. You can't tend to each TV program. You know, it's like the bars. You ever go into a sports bar? There's TVs all over. There's a football game on one, a hockey game on another. Maybe there's the news. Maybe there's a movie. To listen to one, you have to focus on just one. And then the others become a distraction. Why? Because you picked your focus. Now you know of the distraction. If you are focusing on just one, but the other is important to you also, it will distract you. You will have to admit the one of the two is a distraction. There is no devotion when there is two. When you serve just one, devotion is there, okay? So what's the result of this? People serve two masters. They try to serve Jesus on Sunday only, but outside of the four walls of the church, they are devoted by other activities. You cannot be devoted to Jesus if you were serving other things, trying to please someone else. It's the joy of the Lord that is your strength. It's your devotion to the Lord that is going to make him happy, which is going to give you strength to do the things God commands you to do. Your need will be centered around Jesus. You will search for opportunities to witness unto Jesus. And today many say they drank the wine, right, the Holy Spirit, but they haven't. It's a false claim of having the Holy Spirit. That's blasphemy. There is a reason why people are different in the church today. For if this was true, if the many people truly did drink the wine or have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, there would be much more action. The Lord taught that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. There are churches of thousands of people serving only within the four walls of the church, but not outside the four walls. That's a problem. Salvation is available to people today. 
And Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That means if you have not received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that means you're powerless. And you are afraid to share him with others. That's what that means. The effect of the Holy Spirit is key to devotion to Jesus Christ. You need the Holy Spirit. So I encourage you, evaluate yourself, examine yourselves. Are you this person only serving within the four walls? Is that your job? What are you doing outside of the church? What have you been equipped to do outside of the church? There are souls there. There are people to disciple outside of the church. What are you distracted by? Because remember, you cannot serve two masters. Don't look back, for you cannot serve two masters. Keep your hands on the plow we read and keep going. Be encouraged that Jesus is with you if you do these things. This is shared with the love of the Lord. Thank you so much. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.